So we're just going to pray over the service tonight because uh, we just want everything to go the way that it should go. So just close your eyes, bow your head. Just repeat this after me. Just say, Dear Lord, we ask you tonight for our hearts to be willing and open to hear your word. Allow us to humble ourselves and know that you are the only God, that you've paid the biggest price because you love us. And you said in your word that if we just ask and pray for these things, that you would send out laborers. And so just give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Now you don't have to say this part, but uh, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us tonight just to share your word. And I just believe that there would be a strong anointing over tonight's service that all those that are in the congregation, those watching online, and even us youth today and young adults who are sharing the most important truth would just feel your presence and all the good that you are, your love, your peace, your strength, your joy, and your happiness. And so we just ask you for all of these things in your name. Everybody says, Amen. Oh, Branson, reel them down. Well, look at you. I mean, look at you. Here you are, calling band meetings now. I mean, just to let you know, that is normally something the band manager would handle and should forever. But, you know, you do you. Voice of the band, big shot, lead vocalist. Okay. Well, Fear, you have certainly been calling the shots around here. I know, right? And it has been so great how far we have not come. All of the other band members, they are taking so well to those little bits that I've got for them, you know? Just if, if we could get everybody with the program, where's your uniform? Well, that's actually what this meeting is about. Oh my god. I didn't miss the meeting, did I? I'm not late. Uh, do I have to talk? No, you don't have to talk. Oh, okay. Take a seat. But I'm sure you will talk. I, I, oh, I didn't get my days mixed up, did I? This is, this is the band meeting, right? I'm not forgetting anything? Did, did I... Did, did I leave the stove on? Wait, did I leave the did stove you? on? Wait, I, I don't own a stove. You probably left it on. Should I own a stove? You're in the right place. Don't worry. It's Friday. You're where you're supposed to be. Don't worry okay. about it. All right, all right, all right. But wait, wait, where should I go? I mean, stuff? right? Look what I've got here. Anxiety all over the drummer. I mean, how's this for pulse of the band, right? A pulse that's always going faster, always going faster, just building tension in the background forever. <laughs> wait, hold on, wait. Why, why are we here? Why? Actually, that's a good question. Um, it seems like you forgot to mention the purpose of the meeting. It seems like it's something that really matters to you, though. Nothing matters to me, man. Why am I even here? Because you're a bass player. <sighs> I know, it's so hard. Look at what you've done to him. He doesn't even want to be here. Okay, talk about a combo. This is just, ah, I mean, drums and bass, meat and potatoes, anxiety and depression. You're always exhausted, but you can never rest. You don't care about anything, but you're terrified to lose it anyway. Is it legal to be this genius? Wait, hold on, I, I still don't know why we're here. Why, why are we here? Dude, it doesn't even matter. 
Like at this point, honestly, I feel like we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh Three. my, wow, I am so late. I'm sorry. And now everyone's looking at me. You're on time. Don't worry about it. Take a seat. Wait, on time for what? The other shoe? What's wrong with my shoes? I, I just bought these ironically. Stop looking at my shoes. So how's my favorite lead guitarist today? I'm your favorite. You're, you're, just, you're just saying that. Yeah. But you've got to admit, I am on to something here, right? Insecurity. I mean crushing self-doubt with every step you take. You're always questioning what other people are thinking and measuring yourself against them, but never quite measuring up, huh? It's just like an endless one-note kind of key guitar solo playing over every bar saying the same thing. You're not good enough. I don't play off-key. Don't listen to him. <laughs> Little bit. Come on, sport. The band's all here now. You called this meeting. You got something to get off your chest. Well, guys, we should fire fear. I'm sorry, what? What? I think fear might be the other shoe. Huh? Fire me. Look at you guys. You're all miserable. Ever since he's been in the picture, we've been making no progress whatsoever. Exactly! I talked to someone the other day. Someone who has thoughts of peace and not evil. Someone who has a bright future for this band. Gross. Can we do that? They, they have that? I think you're all forgetting one very important thing here. You didn't hire me. You didn't let... I, you did let me in. You didn't bring me in, okay? Like, you could have gotten rid of me years ago if you knew how, but you have to admit, I'm a part of you now, and there is nothing you can do about that. What is that? Someone's at the door. Someone's at the door. It's not even locked. That would be the new manager. Let me get that. The new manager. You can do that? Well, I can't wait to see this. Another one? I don't like meeting new people. That's right, you don't. Whoever this is, they're gonna be awful. I don't really Oh, you care. have got to be kidding me! This guy, Love, Love is going to be your new manager. You're just gonna, you're just gonna be all hugs for the rest of the, give me a break. I'm actually here to help these people. You're gonna help these, well, I've got some news for you. This is, my show. This is my band, and they do what I say. Get up! And they play my songs. You are outnumbered, pal. Look at what you guys are wearing. That's not even you. That's him. This is all his doing. It's junk. You don't yeah, need what really fear hard. has for you guys. You know, when you know that God loves you, you don't have to be anxious about every little thing. God's got you. Yeah, I, I guess so. That does sound Where are you going? better. Um, what? Instead of anxiety, you can have peace. Yeah. Wow. There are other drummers. It'll be fine. We'll find somebody. Lots of caffeine. And when you know that God loves you, depression and hopelessness, they melt away. Yeah, yeah right. Well, yeah, because God's good, so his plan's good, and it's good all the time, and all the time he's good. Well, yeah, well, you could be sad about that. What it's is happening good. right now? Instead of depression, you can have joy. <gasps> I worked hard on that depression. And when you know that God really loves you, 
you know that he gave the ultimate sacrifice just so he could have a relationship He's with still you. Talking. And when you know that, insecurity doesn't have to be part of your life anymore. Well, if I know what, ha what God has to say about me, then why do I need to care what anybody else thinks? Instead of insecurity, you can have confidence. Oh! That looks good what on is you. This? You, you. You bunch of traitors. I've been with you since you were children. I've been with you from the beginning. What will you even be without me? Well, God loves all of us, so I guess we'll be better. <laughs> oh, I see what What's the matter, Fear? Look outnumbered. You scared? I just, I'm going to put the... You'll never take me alive! This is my place! No, 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 get off of me! You mind getting the door for me? Always for you. Alright, how's everyone doing tonight? Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna introduce myself. My name is Kaylee Mitchum, and it is such an honor to be up here. Let me say that first. Um, to get started, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Who in here has ever been insecure? Right, we can all say at some point in our life we've been insecure. I wanted to read you guys the meaning of insecurity just so we're all on the same page. The meaning of insecurity is a feeling of uncertainty about yourself and what you're capable of. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. A feeling of uncertainty about yourself and what you're capable of. And I have some synonyms for insecurity, and it's unsteadiness, full of doubt, and fearful. And we already know that's not from the Lord, right? Yes, right. right, and if you would turn with me to 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So God did not give us that spirit of insecurity or fear. Um, and actually what that, that spirit does is it blocks you from experiencing his full love. Not saying he does not love you because that love is there, but it can kind of act as a block and block what you could experience of his love out. Um, if you would turn with me to 1 John 4.18. It says, such love has no fear, because perfect love casts out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So what I want us to do is I want you to grab that insecurity and that fear, and I want you to cast that out. Because as far as you can, cast it out. All right, now I'm going to tell you what God says about you. We're going to read in Psalm 139. We're going to start in verse 13. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. I want you to notice how it starts with your inner parts, like how he made you from the inside. And that's because who you are is on the inside. It's not the outside. I feel like most people, they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, that's who I am. And that's not true. Who you are is who God created you to be on the inside. He made you from the inside out, not the inside, no, the outside in. <laughs> And who you are on the outside is merely a reflection of who you are on the inside. If you go down to verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are a reflection of God's love. If you ever need a reminder of God loves you, you just look in a mirror and you just be like, that's, that's me and God loves me. I mean, look at me. I'm wonderfully made. 
if you go down to 17, and this one's the most encouraging. I feel like it's a short scripture, but it has a lot of um, meaning behind this one. It says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, the creator of heaven and earth and every beautiful thing you've ever seen. Things so precious and highly of you. So to end tonight, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm secure in the Lord. I know who I am. And I am so loved by God. Amen. Now, Mr. Zach Pledger. All right. It's a pleasure for you guys to see me tonight. I, uh, yeah, I haven't been up here since baby presentations. So. Uh, if you guys would turn with me to Psalm 8. That's not Psalm 8. Um, Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4. I, like, I think it's good to start a message with a joke, um, but I don't have one, so. Uh, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of me, and the son of man that you visit, that you visit him? And so saying here, like, the Lord has created everything, uh, the whole universe, and so if he's, if he's so big, he's created everything that exists, why are we important to him, right? So that's what... That's what David's asking here and just uh, kind of in awe. Um, so let's go to, uh, if y'all will turn to Galatians 4, uh, 6 and 7. And I know you guys know this trick while you're on the way. I'll read James 2, 23. It says, uh, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So it says that Abraham was a friend of God, and we're under the, uh, the same blessing. We are friends of God if we, if we believe God. So Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Um, so basically, what we see here is the answer to David's question, uh, Who am I that you are mindful of me? And it says here that we're the friends of God and that we're sons of God. And that is, that's where our value comes from. So um, I just want to share a story. It's, I've told this story many, many times, um, and it takes like an hour to tell normally. Uh, they said I can have five minutes. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm really going to condense. And, uh, but basically the story of um, the house that the Lord gave us. Uh, so uh, Rachel and I, we got, my wife and I, we got engaged in April of 2019, um, and I was just finishing up college, and I think that we just kind of, just where we were, we kind of thought that our next step would be we'd get married, and we'd get, probably rent an apartment for a while, and, um, and you know, as the, as the future goes, the future goes, but we kind of thought that was our next step, and, um, <clears throat> and we, were at, uh, we were at a family event um, one, one day, and uh, Devin Crane was there, and he's family, and um, he just asked us, you know, what our plan was, and I told him that, and um, he just kind of, just offhand, he said, you guys should get a house, um, and he said it, and it was just, you know, like, you don't just, you don't just listen to advice from every adult automatically, you know, but, uh, but Devin has come down and spoken before about how he followed the Lord, and the Lord blessed him, you know, and so um, his is, his advice is advice worth listening to, and so um, and so we, you know, we weren't certain that we were going to do that. We thought maybe we'd, you know, maybe we'd rent a house. Um, we started kind of thinking about that a little bit. And, 
Um, and then a little bit of time goes by, and Ms. Phyllis has a table talk on a Friday night, and uh, Ethan and Rachel come down, and, and uh, Ethan and Rachel are uh, good friends of mine. I've known both of them for 10 to 15 years. Um, well, Rachel 15 and Ethan 10, but, um, and, you know, and they talked about the same thing where uh, the Lord gave them a house. You know, they stepped out in faith, and the Lord gave them a house, and then the Lord told them to move to Florida, and uh, and they did that, and the Lord gave them another house. And so, and during that service, you know, we just, it just kind of started to stir in us a little bit. And um, so we still weren't exactly set, but, you know, the idea started becoming a little bit more real that that might be the next thing. And so, um, so we just, you know, we just kind of let it sit on our hearts. And um, so move forward a little bit. We're kind of, we're marching closer and closer to uh, our wedding date. And uh, talking to um, a friend of ours, Elijah Morell, um, many of you know him, and uh, he and I, you know, came up in youth together under Miss Phyllis, and he's just doing awesome things for the Lord right now. And, um, and we were talking to him, and he asked us if there was anything he could pray for, and we, you know, the wedding was getting close, and we thought of a few things, but nothing, nothing really substantial. And uh, so, but finally, he said, "Okay, you know, I'm." Uh, you guys have heard this. I'm a man and I can miss it, but uh, what, I, you know, what I think is that the Lord's telling me to tell you guys that, uh, that he has a wedding gift for you and it's a house. Um, and we just, you know, I guess everything building up to it, uh, we just knew it was right. So we just agreed and we prayed right there and we were on the phone with him. And so we got off the phone and we told him, well, we told him thank you and then we got off the phone. Wouldn't be useful the other way, but... Um, and I went inside and uh, I, called, I called my friend Matt, who was a realtor doing realty in the area at the time, and uh, I told him, hey, Rachel and I, of course, you know, we're getting married soon, and um, we're looking for a house after we get married. And he said, okay, great, what are you looking for? And I told him, I don't know, like, we just found out right, right before you did, you know, so, um, so, so he said, okay, you know, well, um, and he encouraged us, you know, make sure you're really specific what you want. Start getting ideas, you know, write stuff down. Be really specific how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, where, you know, location and size and everything. And uh, so we did. We, we did all sorts of, you know, preparation. And before we had any idea what house we were going to get, we got pre-approved for a loan and um, just did everything that we knew to do to get ready. And uh, then it was on a Saturday night. Pretty late at night, um, Rachel found a listing for a house in Ozark, and, um, and she's, I mean, by this point, she's checking, like, you know, the websites like a hundred times a day. And, um, she finds this one, and it had only been listed like an hour and a half before, and um, we started looking at it, and I mean, it, it just looked, you know, we just knew, like, this is a house worth pursuing, and um, so it's late at night, it's like... By the time she, she called me and we talked about it, and um, by the time we really were kind of set that this was something we wanted to pursue, it's like 11.30 at night, and um, so I text Matt, and you know, we all have church in the morning, and he should have been asleep, but he wasn't. Uh, so he texted me back, and I called him, and um, we talked about it, and he ended up reaching out to the realtor, and I was probably the next morning, I don't know, but I'm assuming, um, and somehow he got in contact with the, with the seller, which is not really the way that that usually goes, but um, he just had favor in that communication. And, um, and they, the way they had it set up was so that basically by the time he got a hold of them in the morning, 
they had showings booked from 2.30 all the way till the end of the night on Sunday. And they didn't want to start showings prior to 2.30 because they wanted to go to church and get home and get cleaned up and get out of their house. And so, um, but he talked to them and they said, well, if you guys get there at 2, we'll just let you go. If you can be out by 2.30, we'll just let you go first. Um, so we skipped everybody. We were the first people to look at the house. Um, and we put an offer in under the, you know, within the next hour. And we were under contract that night. And so, um, so it's awesome. Um, so it, the whole thing, it just was awesome. We were under contract. And uh, just a few notes I have written down about it. it like, this stuff that we had written down, almost every single thing um, on our list was in this house. And um, we closed on the house 18 days early. Uh, we had to do you know, an appraisal along the way, and it appraised at 15% more than what we were paying for it. So we already had equity in it. And then someone paid our first house payment. Um, and so it, just, you know, it, was, it was just so smooth the whole way through. Uh, it's on two acres and it had a barn, so we got a house and a building and land. Um, so anyway, it just was, there, there's so much more detail to share, but I guess the point of it all is, you know, it's not, hey, we got a three-bedroom house, pretty cool, but uh, the, the reality is just God cared so much, you know, about, he just loved us so much that um, he personalized that house for us, you know. Um, he found that one and he led Rachel to look at the right time and Matt to call at the right time and, and everyone along the way to encourage us. Um, and it's like, you know, he, he cares enough to make sure to tell us and tell us and tell us and get that seed planted in us so that we would be ready and uh, confirmed it multiple times. And so, but I just would encourage you guys, if you're believing for something, be specific about what it is because the Lord will do it for you. But uh, he doesn't have a direction for what to do unless you, you pick a direction for it. And so that's what we did. And, um, and what I really like about this story, one thing I really like is it involves a lot of people you guys know, uh, which I think is awesome, and people that a lot of us have seen just grow and step out in faith. Uh, but another thing I like is when I decided to tell this story, I had to write it all down. And I just, there's details I forgot, you know, and there's so much good. So um, if you have something, you know, a, something big that happened for you, Write it down and keep track of it all. So, um, yeah, that's all I've got. So, thanks. Uh, and now back to Sarasota. Hello, everyone. How are we doing on this fantastic Friday? Doing good. All right, so I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is David Rodriguez. I'm 17 years old. I've been attending this church for about nine years, and um, I'm very thankful to be a part of this amazing youth group led by Mr. David and his wife, Miss Charity. Um, so tonight, we've been talking about how God loves you, right? So what are some things on earth that show God's love? You can shout it out. Food? Food? I like food. Um, oh, I did. I missed a part, but that's okay. Um, hold on. Actually, I'm going to go back. So, did you guys know that everybody knows who God is? It's crazy, right? In Romans 1.20, New Living Trans Translation, 
Um, it says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Okay. Um, so back to my other question. What are some things on earth that show God's love? Food. <laughs> um, what's your favorite type of food? Buffalo wings, chicken, pasta, seaweed, steak. That's my favorite. All right. So Acts uh, 10, 12, and 13, it says, In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. So uh, he told Peter to kill and eat, right? So God's telling us, to eat the animals. <laughs> They're for us, right? All these animals, very good, juicy flavors. And we still have vegans. <laughs> um, in Genesis 1, 21 and 22, I won't read the whole thing, but it says, be fruitful, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on earth. God loves us so much that he made it possible for animals to reproduce and multiply every single day. That's a lot of love. Just one example from the Bible of God showing his love is in Deuteronomy 32 to the Israelites. Uh, uh, God gave them food, honey, olive oil, milk, and butter. He even made their lambs, sheep, and goats fat so they ate the best meat. And it says they ate the best bread and drank the best wine. That's, that's love. Um, so, how many, how many of y'all are hungry from me talking about food? <laughs> me too, me too. So, um, who has a favorite season? Shout it out, shout it out. Winter. Okay, so I have a few pictures to show. So this is spring. It's very, very beautiful. Uh, lots of colors. Um, and, well, God made that for you because he loves you. And next, this is summer. It reminds me of Florida. Um, nice and sunny with some shade. Nice place to hang out. The next... <laughs> We have fall, very warm and cozy colors, um, and then winter, my all-time favorite. I've never seen snow in person, but isn't this just beautiful to look at? Um, in Genesis 1, verse 14, it says, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Now, has anybody ever been stargazing? Okay, well, I have a picture to show. Look at those stars. God made that for you because he loves you. Okay, so who has pets? What type of pets? Dogs? That's a lot of dogs. Um, well, I have a dog. His name is Levi. I have a picture to show. Um, <laughs> um, so I have a, a bit of a personal story. So about five years ago, my family, we were going through a very hard time and we, there was just a lot of, you know, strife 
and there was no peace, there was no joy at all, and we needed something that could bring all of that back, right? Um, so one weekend, we um, were babysitting my cousin's dog, and after we gave her dog back, um, we, my mom was like, I want a dog now. So she went to the shelter, and there was a dog she was originally going to get, um, and it was sick at the time. So my mom was going to leave, and then she had a feeling to stay. So she stayed. She went into the meeting room, and when they let the dogs into the meeting room, Levi went and jumped on my mom's lap and just sat there. And ever since then, our little Levi has brought so much joy and peace into our home. And Levi's my best friend, uh, even though he only loves me for my food. Um, I love him because I know God gave, gave me him. Um, so yeah, uh, let me read this. Psalms 147, verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And God definitely healed my family with this dog. So let's land this plane with a verse. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 31, it says, God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. All right, so repeat after me. Say, God, God loves, loves me. me. Thank you, everyone. Let's hear it up for CJ and Cameron. Hello, everybody. My name is CJ. This is my brother, Cameron. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. We wanted to show you some examples of how big God's love is. Um, so if you would turn to, with me to Ephesians 3.18, we're going to be reading out of the NLT. I'll give you a moment to get there. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Who knows um, what the biggest dog like ever recorded is? So the biggest known dog, his name is Benedictine, and he's a St. Bernard. He is from Pearson, Michigan, and he weighed 315 pounds. Wow, Benedictine is big, but God's love is even bigger. Who knows what the world's biggest pizza ever created was? Heather knows. The biggest pizza that was ever recorded was 13,957 square feet. And God's love is even bigger and wider than that. Who knows the biggest animal on earth right now? Kenna knows. The biggest living animal is the blue whale, and it measures up to 100 feet, weighing at a colossal 4,400 pounds. That's 200 tons. Wow, the blue whale is huge, but God's love is even bigger. Who knows the tallest building in the world? I don't know. I know it. <laughs> the, the tallest building in the world is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. It's a whopping 2,716 feet tall and more than twice the height of the Empire State Building. It also has 163 floors. And if you haven't guessed it yet, God's love is higher and bigger than the Burj Khalifa. Who knows the longest river? Not me. 
She knows. The Nile is credited as the longest river in the world. It begins at Lake Victoria in Uganda and empties into the Mediterranean Sea, more than 4,100 miles to the north. And God's love is even bigger. Who knows the highest mountain on earth right now? Not me. Sam knows. Sam knows. The highest peak on earth is Mount Everest and it is located in the Himalayas. It has been measured at 29,029 feet. It was named Mount Everest after British surveyor and geographer Sir George Everest, who pronounced his name Eve Rest. Wow. Wow, that is a big mountain. Mount Everest is huge. It's tall, taller than me, which says something. But God's love is even bigger. Who knows the deepest point on earth? Micah knows. Micah. The Mariana Trench in the Western Pacific Ocean is the deepest point on Earth. The maximum known depth is 35,814 feet. That's 6.7 miles deep and taller than Mount Everest is tall. Deeper than Mount Everest is tall. And God's love is even deeper and wider than the Mariana Trench. Who knows how far the moon is from the Earth? Alyssa knows. Presley knows. <laughs> okay. The moon is 238,900 miles from the Earth, and it is farther than traveling around the circumference of the Earth nine times. Wow, that's far, very far. But God's love is even bigger and wider than that. Who knows how big the sun is? Clayton knows. Clayton knows. The sun is 864,400 miles across. That's 109 times the diameter of Earth. It's so large that about 1.3 million planet Earths could fit inside of it. Wow, the sun is huge, but God's love is even bigger. Who knows the biggest known thing in the universe? Not me. Theo knows. Theo knows. <laughs> the biggest known thing in the universe is the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall. It is a supercluster of galaxies bound together by gravity, and it's about 10 million or 10 billion light years across, and it's a hundred times bigger than our Milky Way galaxy. <laughs> and even though that's the biggest thing in the universe. God's love is even bigger than that. We want to show you guys something. See how this measuring tape, you see how it stopped? God's love never stops. God loved, God's love is endless, and he loves you more than you'll ever know. And we just wanted to show you guys that today. <laughs> to welcome up Presley Miller. Man, it, it's been so good tonight, hasn't it? 
Hang on just a second. <laughs> so I actually, you know, had something prepared for a few weeks now, and um, I think the Lord's taking me in a different direction. Um, amen. <laughs> so, you know, do you know that God loves you? Yes. You know, I hope you do, but how do we know? You know, I think everybody or most people have a somewhat of a struggle with, you know, comprehending how God loves us. Like, he created the universe, every, like, the smallest details, but he loves me? Like, what What did I do for, for God to love me? But he created me. So, you know, and in writing this and uh, preparing for this and praying, and I realized that I am enough for God's love. Yeah. And um, I've just, it's something I've struggled with personally is like finding, finding it, you know, but just <laughs> reading into my Bible for this has really opened my eyes. So if you will, turn with me to Romans 5.8, and we're going to do the ESV version, so if you have that, good job. <laughs> so it says, but God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So... I know many of you have a notebook or a phone or something, so please take out your notebook or note app and write down three ways that you know that God loves you. And while you're doing that, I'm going to share my ways. So first of all, I think everybody will probably have this is Jesus. Yeah. Literally... God in flesh, and he came for you to be here today and know that you are loved. I know that I'm loved. My second reason is the blessings in my life, um, how far God has brought me just in the past two years, and I can look back saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I even began to not be grateful for God's love or to not recognize God's love. But I think we can all do the same in looking back. And like um, <laughs> our brother in Branson saying to write it down and keep record so that when you're feeling down, you can go back and you can look and you can know how God loves you and what he's done for you. And my third reason is the people around me. I've been blessed with Oh, countless people here in other states and um, people I'll, like, I'll be close to for a lifetime. They are just some of the greatest people. I'm so grateful for them. And, um, you know, I'm sure by this time you're done writing your three reasons. And <laughs> I just want to remind you that any time that you start feeling unloved, unworthy of God or anything else in this life, I want you to look back at those three things, and that's going to be your reminder that God loves you and God cares for you. Amen. Now, the devil will try to tempt you, and <laughs> someone I'm really close to has said many times, the devil is good at his job. You know who you are. But, <laughs> but I will tell you, he is a liar. That's right. 
He has convinced so many of us, whether it's in this generation of, the, of you know, youth and even the older generation, everyone on this earth has been lied to, that they are alone, that, that no one's there for them. But let me tell you, God is. He will always be. And don't you ever forget that. Because people will leave you. I'm not saying people are going to leave you, but people can. But God won't. So turn with me to John 10.10. 10. Also in the ESV, I like that version. It, it really just puts it into words. So it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that he may give you life and you may have it more abundantly. Amen. And I really just the more abundantly that just speaks to me. (laughs) We're blessed. We're blessed here. We're a blessed bunch. And I'm so thankful for what Jesus did for us. So to put it into perspective, it helps me to look at our galaxy, I think. We're looking a lot into space in this, uh, in this service. So in our galaxy alone, you know, we live in the Milky Way, I guess, scientists call it. There are 5,150 planets, but we're here. There was 5,150 other planets for us to be on, but we're here, you know? In all of the universe, they say, there are millions, millions, and millions, and millions. Can't even comprehend it. But we're here. God put us here. God loves us. And, you know, I look at the beauty of the earth. You know, we're, we're a broken world, but it's a beautiful earth. And um, I just spent a lot of time in Colorado, and I just look at the mountains, and I, I just like, you look at this, and you tell me there's not a God? You, you look at that, 14,000 feet in the air, and you tell me there is not a God? You're crazy. Um, you know, that probably wasn't very nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be praying for you next. But to wrap this up, in closing, I think, <laughs> God loves you and God loves me more than we can ever know. We, know, we will know one day, but until then, just know that God loves you. You have a future with him in a high place. Uh, and yeah, so I just want to leave you with this a quick prayer. Um, you don't have to repeat after me. It's just going to be a prayer over the whole church. And So dear Father, I just thank you for giving me the opportunity, giving everyone here an opportunity to show your love. And that if anyone in this room, anyone in Branson, anyone online, anyone that might find this message later, that they know that they are loved, that in any moment that they feel like they aren't enough, that you'll be there for them. And that you just comfort us anytime we need it and give us the grace to do it. And, and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we're going to have Miss Ellery come up and preach. So, Wow, Presley, that was really good. Might have messed up my makeup a little bit, but that's okay. Alrighty. Um, hi, my name is Ellery, and I wanted to ask you guys a question. It's a little random, so just bear with me, okay? Does anybody know what honeybees do? give you a little hint. It's in the name, honey bees. 
That's right. They make honey. So can you please put up my picture for me, please? Yes, that's a honeybee. It's so cute, isn't it? I think it's cute. Anyways, so does anybody... Oh, yeah. So honeybees make honey, right? But how they make the honey is they get nutrients from the nectar and pollen of flowers. And I don't really know how. This is the Ellery simplified version. So they just make the honey. <laughs> and then the flowers, whenever the bees come and get their nectar or whatever, they move around from flower to flower to get more, and that repopulates the flower. So in simple terms, they both benefit off of each other, right? They're both getting something from the relationship. So now I'd like you all to turn to Proverbs 27:17 in the NLT version, please. Perfect. This verse says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So just like with the honeybees and the flowers, you can see that this is not a one-way relationship. It's two-way, right? Iron can't sharpen itself, and the, flower, or the flowers can't repopulate by themselves. The bees can't make their own honey, right? We need other people in this life to help us out, right? To encourage us and build us up. And how do those people get in our lives? God has put them there, just like Presley was saying, right? Why does God put them there? Because he loves us so much. So I wanted to share a personal story with you guys about um, people God has put in my life. Um, I might start crying, so <laughs> just bear with me, please. Um, so um, about a year ago, I was going through a really tough time in my life where I had um, really low self-esteem. And... Um, and um, I had just gone through a breakup, and um, I was really questioning the Lord and, like, what he had for my life. I didn't know what to do. And in the midst of my crying one day, um, a couple from the church came to my house, and they gave me some really cute little fancy shoes. And they said, um, they told me how much they loved me and how much God loved me. And um, I feel like, I don't know if you guys remember the message that Brother Dave gave about um, like tangible I love yous from God. And I felt like in that moment, that was definitely one of those, like God came up and just gave me a hug, like literally. And he said, like, I love you and I'm here for you. And that's why I put those people in your life. Like, you're not alone in this. And which I feel like, especially in our generation as teens, we're like, we always feel like we're alone and there's nobody around to help us because nobody cares. But God cares, I promise and he loves you very much. <laughs> so um, I also wanted to share that, um, let me see where I was going with this, let's see. Okay, right. So can anyone think of somebody that they know that loves them? And once you think of that person, I'm not gonna call on you or anything, so you can raise your hand once you think of a person, okay? Now, if you look around you, almost every person's hand is up, right? Okay, you can put your hands down now. I don't want your arms to get tired. So, um, 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 all those people that God has put in your life, even if, if it's just one per person, right? Um, he put them there because he loves you, right? To do things for you, like encourage you and build you up, just like with my story. And typically, not always, but typically those people are in the church around you, sitting next to you, sitting behind you, sitting in front of you, right? And I wanted to encourage you guys to, whenever you leave here, don't rush out of here. Go make friends, right? And because they are the ultimate encouragers. Like, we at Faith Life Church, we're encouragers, right? Yeah, we're encouragers. So, if you're needing some encouraging, I would also encourage you to sow, 
encouragement, a lot of encouragement, you know, um, go and make friends. And if nobody wants to talk to you, come talk to me. I'll be your friend. Okay. I like you. I love you guys. Okay. So I want to encourage you to go and encourage others because whenever we encourage others, we're showing God's love to them. Right. And even if we're not encouraging other Christians and we're just out in public, like at the mall or something, or at McDonald's, you can go and spread the love of Jesus just by, um, you know, um, one of my favorite ways to spread the love of Jesus is by complimenting people. I, it's one of, I don't know why, I just really like it. Um, you can see their whole face, like, light up, like, oh my gosh, I love your kicks, like, your hair is so cute, look at those glasses, like, it just, you can tell it just brightens up their whole day, right? And just little things like that are even those I love yous that Brother Dave was talking about, right? It doesn't have to be some car that somebody gives you or a house or anything, which those things are great. But um, it can just be little things, right? And those little things are, especially for me, what adds up. Like um, my personal favorite things that God does for me is whenever... I get complimented or someone thinks of me and buys me my favorite Starbucks drink or my mom texts me randomly throughout the day, I love you. And it's just um, one way that God has shown his love to me through the people around me, right? So um, I wanted to give you guys a little challenge today. And for this weekend, I want you to think of one person that you can go and encourage and show God's love to, right? Because we can't receive encouragement whenever we're in our low times unless we're encouraging others. Because just like you saw, everyone has their hands up. Everyone, you know, has someone that there's, that is encouraging them. And that person needs to be encouraged too, right? We all need encouragement. We can't do this life alone, right? So... I challenge you guys to do that, and you can touch base with me on Sunday, okay? So, <laughs> all right. Now, I'm going to pray over you guys. If you please bow your heads, and yeah, okay. Father God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this great opportunity that you've given me to um, uh, encourage these people, Father God. I pray that you would show them people that they can talk to, that they can encourage, and um, I pray that you would give them confidence that... Um, of who they are in you and that you love them so much and that that love would be overflowing into other people and it would just be so evident in their life that they would just radiate your love and um, the gospel. Um, I pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now, if you'll stay hooked, we're going to go back to Branson, okay? Good evening, everybody. Well, uh, my name's Tate Putman. Um, tonight I want to share a little bit, um, Presley kind of started to talk about this, but, um, we know God loves us because he sent Jesus. Um, get my notes in order here. <laughs> um, so just kind of to start off, I, uh, want to share a little story. It's not a personal story, but it's, it kind of tells us to how we get here. Um, in the beginning, God created man, a perfect being to rule over the earth, have authority over the earth, and walk side by side with God. Um, but one day, we rebelled against him. We decided that what God has given us wasn't good enough. We were lied to, of course, but we ended up falling from that position of authority, we lost our dominion, and 
are honestly no longer, we no longer deserve to walk with God. If, but if we're these sinful creatures, why would God forgive us? How could God love us? In Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, I'll be reading out of the NLT. But God, well, I'm just going to stop right there for a second. Those are my two favorite words, <laughs> specifically in that order, because you know what's about to happen is going to be good. It's like the climax in a movie you just, where you start shoving your face with popcorn, because what happens next is going to be good. <laughs> but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead, because of our sins, he gave, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. How are we worthy of God's love? We're not. We're honestly not. But he loved us so much, he was willing to pay anything to get us back. Everyone should know this verse, but we're going to go ahead and read it. John 3.16 For this is how God showed his love for the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. God gave us a way to walk with him. He gave us eternal life because he loved us. He sent his son Jesus so we could do that. He was willing to pay anything to get you back. Anything. Um, 1 John 3.18 Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. God displayed the biggest action of love could ever possibly show. 1 John 4.9-10 God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only, one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And then Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He, like I said, loved us so much he sent his one and only son. Now, can I see how many fathers we have in the room? How many of you would send your one and only child to die for the person on the street that maybe flipped you off, cursed you out, just is generally rude to you? No one. But God, but God sent his one and only son for us. He loved us that much. But not only did God send Jesus, Jesus came willingly. He came because Jesus loved us. Matthew 26, 39. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus loved us so much that even through his suffering, his pain, he went to the cross and died for us. Luke twenty-two forty-four. He prayed more fervently, and he he was in such agony of the spirit. His sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He wasn't just sweating; a little moisture on his face can wipe it off. 
sweating profusely, like drops of blood, if he had had almost like cuts, drops of sweat rolling down his face. That's the moment where I would have gotten up, turned around and said, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I mean, in such agony that sweat is just not even dripping, flowing. But he loved us so much that he still did it. God and Jesus knew nothing else could get you back. Nothing. And they knew what it would cost. But they wanted you. They loved you. Romans 8, 31 through 32. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, for all, for us all, won't he give us anything else? He was willing to give his one and only son. The greatest action of love that can ever be displayed. So why can't he do smaller things? Maybe five bucks here, a hundred here. I mean, at this point, if he's given his own son, why not a whole new house, cars? We've already heard testimonies. And I have experienced this in my own life. But God loves us so much, he's willing to give us anything. And don't say that, oh, I don't know if it's God's will. He just told you his will in his book. He loves you so much that his will for you is to have anything and everything you want. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If that doesn't prove God's love, I don't know what else will. All right, Garrison. Wow, that's been really good. It's been really good. You guys excited? Yeah. So um, I think I have something for you guys. You guys think the Lord could use me to, to give you something? I think I have something really good. It's going to be the answer for everybody, for wherever you're at. Okay, so I'm going to back up, and I'm going to give you some context. I'm cutting the small trees, right? I'm going to give you uh, my testimony and tell you a little bit about me. I'm Garrison. Um, I grew up in this church here since I was a little kid. and um, But I've been gone for a while, and now I'm back. Um, yeah. So, spoiler, right? But, um, yeah, so I'll make it a little bit brief, sort of. Uh, there's a lot I could say. There's a whole lot I could say. But um, when I was like 15 or so, um, I was still in the church at that time, and I had a lot of, I was having a lot of emotional turmoil, as teenagers do, yeah, you know. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, and really started to go through the gambit of, different emotional problems. And I ended up turning to drugs to deal with it. And um, some of you may know that that is a very sneaky trap that the devil has for people. And so as time went on, it got worse and worse. And um, yeah, and the not only now was I in emotional turmoil all the time, but I'm also trapped in addiction. So by the time I was 20, I was in a horrible place. Just, uh, you know, I ended up addicted to heroin and, um, 
yeah, I mean, living in, I grew up in church, so if you'd asked me if God loves me, I would have told you yes. If you'd asked me if I believed in Jesus, I would have told you yes. But, so, you know, maybe I was going to heaven, but I was living in hell on earth. And so I like to say that the Lord is the master strategist. He is so good at just like weaving, and looking back, I can see all of the ways the Lord was setting me up. But at the time, I mean, it didn't look like, and people around me, I'm sure, it didn't look like I was ever going to get it together and, you know, looked like I was going to die young, probably. And um, anyway, so again, if you'd asked me if God loves me, I would have said yes. And the Lord set up my heart. He got me, he got my heart and my mind into a place where he could minister something to me. And that's the thing that I want to minister to you guys. It is the answer for, you know, I mean, you're all in here, so you're probably not addicted to heroin living on the street, right? But you have some version, some, some level of that same type of thing, right? It, it, sin, it's all the same. It's a trap, right? So, you know, the, the reason I quit coming to church was condemnation from the way I was living and fear and shame and these kinds of things, right? And that, that's what keeps you from getting to know the Lord and spending time with the Lord is that shame. And so the Lord just set it up. One day I was coming home from work. I was driving home from Springfield, it was like an hour drive, and this guy had just started working with us named Zach, awesome guy. And he had just gotten out of prison and this dude is like 6'4", and he's like got a tooth in the front that was knocked out and he's got game over tattooed on his fists. Like, this is a hard dude. And we're like, we're riding in my Ford Ranger, so it's me and this big dude in my little Ford Ranger driving back from Springfield and we're smoking out or whatever we were doing. And uh, yeah, and he just starts talking about Jesus and this experience that he'd had in prison, how the Lord had had saved him. And he was so blown away and so amazed at how the Lord had picked him. And, you know, that the Lord was, that there was no condemnation in Christ, that the Lord was willing to use him and to love him right where he was at. And, you know, and he was, and at first I'm like, he starts talking about Jesus. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, I know all this, I, you know. And so I would encourage you, this whole service has been about, hey, God loves you. Don't just go, yeah, amen, God loves me. I know it, amen. It, that's, that's not it. That's not, I'm trying to tell you something that's the answer for every single thing, for all of life. It's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And, and okay, we're getting there. So, so, yeah, this dude starts talking about Jesus in the car and how much God loved him and just had this, this grace message that he was sharing with me. And, you know, he's speaking to my heart. He did, I don't even think he knew it. He wasn't, you know, he didn't even notice my reaction. He's just, it's coming out of him. And it was the Holy Spirit speaking right to me. So we're riding in this truck and it's now it's me. I mean, the Holy Spirit showed up in that truck, man. And I recognized him. Like I knew I'd grown up in church. I'd been in some, some good praise and worship services and stuff where the Lord shows up and I sensed him. Uh, the Lord showed up in that truck and I'm crying and now it's me and the Holy Spirit and this big 6'4 dude all in my Ford Ranger for an hour. 
So, I mean, the, talk about the master strategist. Like, the Lord worked it out perfect to get this message to me. He'd probably been trying to tell me for 10 years, hey, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and, yeah, man. So, anyway, I don't think that guy ever noticed what my reaction. But uh, when I got home that night, I got in my bedroom by myself. And I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't get away from it. And I got quiet. And I got my nose in the carpet. And I'm going to say this one aside. There's a lot of asides here, but, you know, there's a lot I could talk about, but let me condense it. Condemnation had kept me away from the Lord, and condemnation is what will stop anybody from, from having a good relationship with the Lord and seeing how much he loves you. And in addiction, specifically, there, because it's a repetitive sin that you're trapped in, you can go to the Lord and repent, but without miraculous healing, you're physically addicted. You're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, there's no just, because repenting means change. So that's like a really tough place for addicts to be in because they're like, hey, I want to repent, but in an hour I'm going to have to go get high. Like what do I do? You know? And anyway, so I had I had been dealing with that, and I, there had been times where I had cried out to the Lord, and he had helped me, but I'd let it slip the next day because of this issue, because of condemnation. And that night in my bedroom, the Lord just, he showed up in my room with me, and he ministered, and this is the answer for you guys, he ministered a greater revelation of his love for me than I'd ever had before. And wherever you're at in your walk with him, or you don't know him, you haven't, whatever, where, whatever level you're at, this is the answer, a greater revelation of God's love for you. Because if you know how much God loves you, he'll do anything for you. There's nothing, there's nothing in the whole universe that he would hold back from you. And so, yeah, I got that that night that God loves me and Jesus paid my debt and there is no cause for me to be in condemnation, and I realize I have to learn to put condemnation aside and to refuse it. And you know, I'm gonna have to go get high in an hour, but I'm gonna go to the Lord about it. And I'm, and that can be sort of a painful thing because you're like, you have to keep going back to the Lord for the same thing, and you want to just be like, oh, I've already done this 20 times. Like, you want to just hide, you know? And so, but I, I, the Lord laid it on me so strong that night that He loved me. And it was so real to me. I actually went up and told my parents, like, hey, I just gave my life to the Lord, and things are going to be different now. And, like, that was a thing the Lord told me to do. Like, I guess hold me accountable. So, anyway, um, I remember this, this one specific thing that is also relevant. The next day when I got up to leave the house, you know, now, I mean, in my room, it's dark and... You know, I'm by myself, but now I'm going out into the world. I'm stepping out my front door, and the sun's shining, and I had this thought come up in me, and I, I remember it very distinctly. I stopped, and it was like, um, it was like, uh, we don't know what that was last night. Like, you know, you were real emotional, and like, uh, you were super emotional. You were probably high. Like, you were high, you know? Like, we don't know what happened last night. And I, so, like, you know, I... This is the difference between that time when things got turned around and all the other times when I had wanted help 
and had tried to get help and it hadn't worked out. The difference was I remember standing there on my parents' front porch and going, no, no, it was real. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. And, and so I made that decision without any proof, without any outward proof like you'd want. I mean, you know, the Lord didn't show up in my room in a pillar of fire. It was in, it was, it was in my heart. It was, you know, uh, I sensed him there and it was very real, but it wasn't, you can be deceived about that if you let yourself. And so I made that decision. And then I remember that, man, that whole first year was like the honeymoon with the Lord. It was amazing. And it started right there. Like right then I went and got in my truck and there had been this thing that had been bothering me, this question that I had. And I got in the truck and I turned the radio on and that was the answer. And I was just like, oh, like love letter from the Lord. And it was like the Lord sending me notes and flowers that, you know, just, hey, I love you, man. And I, yeah, like I, so this is the thing that you guys need wherever you're at. This is what you need. There's no condemnation in Christ. God loves you. He loves you. He thinks you're cool, man. Like he does. He, he thinks you're great. And he, you know, like the Lord missed me. I got that that night. Like the Lord missed me. He wanted to be with me, you know, like he just wanted to spend time with me. And then like, you know, we're like, he's my friend, you know, he cares about me. Like, man, so that is what you need. And I just wanted you guys to have that answer, whatever it is that's going on in your life whatever it is that you need or want the lord is willing he is able he has it for you he wants to do it for you he will do it for you but you need to stir yourself up you need to stay you know i didn't get sober immediately things didn't all change immediately there was some struggle after that but the thing that was different was the Lord helped me and by his grace I was able to stay stirred up and if I would get down the Lord would send somebody to encourage me and I would stir myself up hey wait no what about this grace message that I learned God loves me God's here for me and and I and I kept going back to spend time with him and have those encounters with him because he's a person and he loves you like a person loves you you need to spend time with him and everything that is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. That's it. That's the answer. So there it is, guys. There's your answer. All right. Everybody stand up. So with, with everybody's head bowed and your eyes closed, um, we're going we're gonna to pray. And actually, we're going to pray for two things. Um, we don't know who's in here or who's listening on the Internet. And we're going we're gonna to pray for salvation and coming home to the Lord. And we are also going to pray for a greater revelation of God's love for us. So eyes closed, everybody. Um, You guys just pray after me. Father, I believe in you. Thank you for believing in me, for never giving up on me. Thank you, Lord for sending Jesus to pay my debt and to make me right and holy and perfect before you. I receive that. And now I'm here with you, Lord. And Father, I ask for a greater knowing of your love love. 
for me. Send me what help I need so that I can see your love. And with your help, I will believe it. In the name of Jesus, so be it.
Sunday morning here at 9 a.m. Sarasota, 10 a.m. We love you. Have a great night.